Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Andrew's job normally is doing middays in Pittsburgh for Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Him and longtime Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columnist Ron Cook do a midday show called Cook and Pony. If you look in our system here, it's called Cook and Point, uh, but it's Cook and Pony everywhere else. And they've got Ben Roethlisberger on every week. Ben joins him for the Ben Roethlisberger show. And, of course, that's a tremendous thing to have at your disposal, especially after a game like you had on Sunday between the Steelers and the Patriots. We know how it ended. We know about Ben's decision-making. I'm not just saying this because I do the show with him, but if you compare what he says to what Tom Brady says on his show or what Eli Manning says, he'll actually give you stuff. Yeah, he does. There's no doubt. But I, I mean, mean, you might disagree with it and think that he's wrong. but Or he's lying. Or, but he'll, he won't just give you the thing that the professional athlete is taught or supposed to say. Right. Eli's terrible. I mean, Eli doesn't give you a damn thing. No, I mean, he's terrible in the sense of it's not a compelling interview because he won't say anything. Yeah, that's what I mean. But he's, of course, takes the high road. He's professional, whatever. So he's good in that regard for a team. He's terrible for a radio host because he gives you nothing and for a radio station because you got to pay him. Uh, but Brady sounds so fake in those interviews. You ever hear of those... The Boston morning show he does, I have, or the, I mean, the but, Jim Gray interview before Thursday yeah, night and Monday night won. football. But is there any in Jim Tom? Gray, yeah, I know Jim's known for asking tough questions, but he doesn't do it with Tom in those situations, does but he? But Brady puts like that fake. Well, you know, like he yeah. like his voice inflection yeah, goes I, up. I, you're you're right. I don't want. I can't. I can't say anything negative about that man though. I I love Tom Brady. I absolutely love the guy. I follow him on Instagram. Everything he puts up there, I love and I like, and I just. He's, he's got to deal with Aston Martin now. He's he's just like... See, getting back to previous conversations, he'll put up that picture of him from the Combine where he looked out of shape, and that's a reminder for him. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he's Tom. I mean... That's a reminder. This it's is where a little I was, bit different. this if, is where I am now. If you're Aston li- Martin, before that, I had man boobs. That's yeah, what he does. Uh, he doesn't let himself forget it. Okay. He doesn't let him forget that T. Martin was picked ahead of him in a draft or Giovanni Carmazzi. I mean, he, that's a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. Right. But he's also, the things that he's accomplished, it's a lot easier to look back at that than it is. Like, when you've lost whatever 300 pounds, mm-hmm. like, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. What Tom Brady's done has been, he's the, been the best quarterback in the most important position, the best player at the most important position in the country's most popular sport most popular sport. So I don't think that you can compare losing 300 pounds to that. So it's a lot easier to shed your former self when you've accomplished everything Brady's accomplished. Now, if this woman we're talking about goes on to be like, I don't know, secretary of state or something, you know, then maybe then maybe she'll post that 400 pound picture of herself. But until if then, you can lose 400 pounds, I think you're motivated to do a lot of stuff in life. Yeah, maybe if you can keep it off, that's the hardest. I know from experience. You know, then I'm not talking about 100 and 300 pounds. Was it 300 pounds? But like 40, 30, 40. It's tough. For me, at least. 
And and obviously the ninety five percent of the people that end up gaining weight, like those Arden said. I, I how about the people that they just eat like crap and they never gain weight? Yeah, I right? can't stand those people. There's a couple of them. There's a couple around here. There's a guy, Bob Dwyer down the hall. I mean, the guy smokes cigarettes and drinks regular Coca Cola constantly, and he could probably beat me in a race right now. I know he could. Just and he's older than me. I think it drives me nuts. But anyway, all right, back to Ben. Yeah. So he comes on. He goes on your show. And this is what he had to say about making that decision to not spike the ball and throw it into the end zone that ended up in the interception where he could have tied the game if he spiked the ball and they kicked the field goal. In that moment, as I'm thinking in my head, do I spike it, do I not? Um, I went with, and I, I probably wish I listened to my gut now, obviously in hindsight, and uh, I, I should have. Um, listen to that instead of listening to you know the play of a running the play and I just I tried to to make a play to Eli I don't regret it I just wish I would have made a better throw I mean I'll I'll take the blame for um, the interception at the end of the game because um, you know my my thought was clock it and then we either kick a field goal to tie or we get our best fourth down play to try and win it if that's not the Patriots and that's not of course you just saw Tom Brady and Gronk do what they did on the drive before mm-hmm. does he force that ball in there I think it has more to do with the fact that the touchdown came off the board and they were chasing the score because at that point they didn't feel like a field goal was good enough. Yeah, that makes sense. I also think the Patriots thing plays into it. Like, we've got these bastards on the ropes. Like, I'm not letting this slip through my fingers. I'm not letting them have another chance. Well, yeah, I, I think it's a combination of those two things. If they're playing Cincinnati... And the touchdown comes off the board, and it's th- and it, he has that play. I think he feels better about, all right, we, we'll cut our losses, we'll go into overtime, we'll beat them there. But there's probably a feeling, too, if we don't get the job done right now, we're probably going to lose the game. When Ben says he doesn't regret the throw. He's I, wrong. He's I, wrong about he that. He has to. Yeah, he has to. I mean, that's just a, it's a terrible decision. And I think everybody's basically said the same thing about it. If you're going to throw that ball, it's got to be one of those – either catch it or it's out of bounds. You know, your guy catches it or it's out of bounds. The throw in the middle of the field, one wide receiver, and it's Eli Rogers of all the guys on the field, and, you know, it's seemingly the rest of I, the Pats defense Greg, standing I, there I next don't to care him. if it's Antonio Brown, I don't throw yeah, that you know, ball. Yeah, you know, it's right. It's a terrible decision. It just adds to it that it's Eli Rogers. But it's, it's, it's an absolutely terrible decision. Now, this has been on Andrew's show, Cook and Pony, talking about Jesse James and – the overturn call and how he felt about that. The more I've watched it, the more I feel like he, and, and obviously people are going to say, oh, you feel like that because it's, you know, it's to win the game, but I felt like he caught it. I felt like, um, you know, he went to the ground, he caught it, like brought it into his like body and then reached out. And then when he, and yeah, when he hit the ground, it came loose, but I felt like the reach is credit of a football move, you know, and, and his knee hit the ground outside of the, of the, the, the end zone, but he wasn't touched. So he's not down. And, and so I felt like he made the catch and then made a football move to reach for the end zone, and then the ball comes loose and, you know, he, he's still holding on to it. It's a touchdown. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that what Al Riveron and others have said where he's going to the ground and he's not surviving the ground is the way to go? Because I tend to think that it's, it's the latter. I disagree with Ben. I think that as he's catching the ball, he's going to the ground, and the second I saw it move, regardless of what I think about the rule, I knew yeah, me too. at that point it was getting over. Yeah, I thought the same thing. That's why the Steelers' response to that, I thought, was terrible. 
I believe the reason why they lost the game is not because they got hosed or jobbed by the officials. I think their reaction to that overturned call, which they should have, they should have seen. If you've paid attention to the NFL in the last half decade, you know when the ball moves like that. The precedent is they're going to reverse the call on the field. I'm so happy you said that because I cannot stand this old, tired take with, I don't know what a catch is anymore. Can someone tell me what a catch is anymore? I'm so confused. By now, exactly the way you said it, if you've paid any attention to the NFL, there are multiple examples of this. Ever since Des Bryant, I know exactly what they're going to do on every one of those calls. Every single one. I, I, I know what they're going to call Greg, a catch. It's, it's one of the few things the NFL is consistent on. Yes. I know that that whole, like, I don't know. I know it's easy to say that. Like, oh, the NFL, it's so confusing. And it's, it, no, what's it's a pretty catch? Bl- it's pretty black and no, white on this. it's not confusing. It's the least thing I mean, from confusing. It's, it's a different conversation to say with the naked eye, that's a catch. What is the NFL doing uh, ruling plays like that incomplete. That's right. different than when these plays get looked at, what happens? It's not, okay, two weeks ago they said touchdown. This past Sunday they said no touchdown. No, it's pretty consistent. When you see the ball move like that, they call it an incomplete pass. And so the Steelers' reaction to that, they had all this time. They didn't. They didn't have two plays ready. Yeah. Which, when you've already wasted your last time out, and you've got you know idle time there, wh- why isn't the head coach and the offensive coordinator getting together and saying, okay, we got two cracks at this. This is what we want to do. If the ball's caught in bounds, you got to get back in the huddle, and this is what we want your play to be. Yeah, regardless, or get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, regardless of how you feel about that particular play or that rule or whatever, you have to assume the worst in that situation because – if it is a touchdown, then at that point you don't have to worry about Greg, anything. It's not even assume the worst. It's assume the most likely outcome, yeah. which is on plays like this, they rule it incomplete. Tomlin gave some bogus uh, uh, explanation yesterday where he said, actually, we were given three scenarios by an on-field official. They said it was either going to be a touchdown, an incomplete pass, or or... Because there was no challenge and it wasn't explicitly stated what they were looking at, he was also told they might have been looking at, was he down at the one-yard line? Meaning, did his knee touch and a Patriot player downed him before he got the ball over? Or, his knee is down at the at the one, he fumbles the ball, it's in the last two minutes of the game, you can't advance the ball on a fumble so it would go back to the one-yard line. Even if that's true... So that, now you're now you've got three outcomes. You've got time to prepare for <laughs> yeah. all three. Right. Yeah. You've got to play for the one yard line if that's what they do, and you've got two plays that go back to the seven yard line. That's it. That that's why, you know, there's there's some level of sympathy for the Steelers because plays like that should be touchdown touchdowns, but for them to lose the game in regulation is absolutely inexcusable. Yeah. And and they deserve plenty of criticism for that. From the way they game, that was the one thing that we didn't play there. I asked Ben, if you could get a mulligan, what's the one thing you'd want to do over on? He didn't say the throw. He said, I'd want two plays from the coaches on the sideline. 
Because if you think about it, that whole thing happens because Hayward Bay catches the ball in bounds. Right. Now they're helter-skelter. He, in his head, says, I got to come up with something. Ad-libs a fake spike. The Patriots don't fall for that BS. <laughs> right. And there's three guys yeah. on Rodgers. Yep. And then they have a one guy run a route in the middle of the field, too. Is really amazing. Romo was right about that. That's got to be to the yeah, corner of he fade. Was. He was. And it was amazing, though, it took him that long to figure out what they were talking about. In the, Why is this review taking so long? I mean, Nance, oh, Nance was, blew that. I know. He really he did. He blew it. I have no idea what's taking him so long on this. Jim, <laughs> have you watched the NFL? It's usually because the – I mean, didn't he do the Jets-Patriots game? Yes. He knows that they look at this minutiae. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, I was just – I could not believe that it took him that long. It was funny, though, when Romo realized it. Oh, no. He goes, oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Do you like him or not? I think that people are being way too hard on him, to be honest with you. To me, the good outweighs the bad. Some of the criticisms about him maybe being, you know, too enthusiastic or being too spontaneous. Right. But I'd rather have that. I'd, I'd rather have that than. Some of the I'm not going to say any. I, I'm Go not going to name it. It really doesn't matter. Then who? Just say it. Then Phil Sims. In that situation, yeah, I'd rather have Romo. Yeah, you? Uh, yeah, I would too. I, he needs to, and I because I know he'll get better. I know he'll tone it down. The the biggest problem that well, what I what do have, you want him to tone down? The alarmist stuff. Like when a guy goes out for an injury and he's assuming that he's going to die. Like I remember it was early on. And he's like, oh, it's going to be a back there. It's going to when Gronk went out in a game that they were doing. Oh, that's, oh, I know that look. Just by looking at him, I could tell it's a back injury. Turns out it was a, a groin. He gets on a stationary bike. He rides it for 10 minutes. He's back in the game. Okay. And that type of, and if they lose him, I'm telling you, they're going to lose him. That's going to be a big deal. Like that type of alarmist stuff is, and it's just, you know. I mean, that's better than like Eric Mangini who goes on TV and is like, you can't ever look past one game. I mean, get me a give me a break with these trite analysts. Yeah. I'd rather have the guy that says too much and then has to take it back or apologize for it. Yeah, yeah, it is it's a it's a little bit annoying though. It is. And I I don't know if and for him, he's held at a very high standard too. Well, he's the number one guy. So he has to be he has to get better at that. But yeah, he's and uh, something that I that doesn't get talked about enough with Romo that I think we'll we'll see over the next few years is that he just came off the field. And well, all- Musburger killed him for that. Did you hear what he said about that? No. Musburger said you're able to predict these plays now because you just got done playing. That's that that's exactly what it was I was going to say. Yeah. He said the same thing. Like 5 years down the road, the NFL changes so that much. That was Musburger's take. Yeah. Musburger, by the way, has got some balls now, huh? Did you see the thing that <laughs> yeah. he tweeted uh, well, out the other day about the NFL? Good luck with your like sagging attendance and your low TV ratings. That right. one? Yes. Well, he clearly had money on the Steelers, but he, he... Right. But you know what, though? The overarching point there, the overall point, that the NFL has issues with a lot of things in the, in the minds of their potential audience or consumers. Anthem stuff, um, discipline for players... That sort of thing. The one thing that they should know, that they should have down pat, are the rules of their own game. And when you can't get your... If if Roger Goodell fails as like the czar of off-field discipline, all right, that's not his background. But you're, you're a football league. You can't even get the product on the field right? Mm. I thought Pereira went on um, 
writer's show and made a really good point. Did you hear what he said about no. that play? No. He said, take it out of replay, where it's a non-reviewable play. And then just to the officials, they got to make up their minds on that. Ca- is it a catch or did the ball get bobbled? Did he not complete the play? If they see it, if they see it, like, like it's pat, like almost like it's a pass interference call where it's completely subjective. In that way, it's not susceptible to the technology of today where we can slow those things down and look at it so microscopically. In a, it, it, that, that would not have gotten overturned 10 years ago, is his point. Right. So you don't have to, it, it's harder to change the rule than it is to just change what's reviewable and what isn't reviewable. Do you follow? Yes, I do. And I also think, though, that you need a, you need review in football. So this is the stuff that's going to happen. This is the negative side of that. But how many times is there an obvious call that should have been made that the guy's out of bounds and he ran into the end zone on a kickoff return and, and you know you have to call it back to whatever yard line it is that you need replay? And unfortunately, this stuff's going to happen when you have replay. So I'd rather get the, the 90% of the stuff done correctly that replay gets right and then deal with this 10%. This really? was just a tremendous high-profile example. Yes. I've never been a get-it-right guy. I've never been that guy. Oh, I, in football, you have to. There's so but many examples. don't you examples. think it's counterintuitive that the NFL, if you look at their modus operandi, it is how do we captivate our fans in a, in a, to, in a time where there are shrinking attention spans, and yet some of the things they're going to hold on to are these arcane rules that take long periods of time to review but, uh, all the penalties that get called. I mean, the game, there, there's a stop and start field to the NFL. You got to admit that. Yeah, without and a doubt. And, and they're try, but they're all, but they're also trying to combat that and fight that. Uh, yes. But the penalties is a different discussion, but remember before replay, especially now think about the zooming in the camera from the sky, the ultra slow motion, the HD, and then all the times that we're not going to have replay that the officials screw up and people aren't going to be complaining about that like crazy. I mean, it's going to be every single Monday morning. We're going to be talking about this I'm with Belichick on this. It's either all or nothing. That's always been my take. If you can review a bad call that a, a guy went out of bounds, he really stayed in bounds, it should have been a touchdown, the refs missed it. If you can, if you can overturn that, if a guy misses a blatant penalty, it can be just as erroneous or just as horrendous of a call, but we can't look at it. So to me, we pick and choose. It's a la carte. These things we're going to look at. These things we're not going to look at. Well, you still uh, all right. So you want to open that up, and then no, you can... I'm done with Pandora's box. I'm nailing it shut. We're not using replay at all. We're paying their full time oh, guys you would, you now. Would hate that. No, I would not. Oh, there'd be yes, you no, would. I there would, would not. be a. So let's say a. You would rather have a team. My best years watching football were before replay. I loved but it because you were younger. These things are different when you're. Well, you think because I'm like old and like. No, it's just that when because when you watch football, you watch sports when you're younger. It's just every. It's nostalgia. That's why you liked it more. But you're telling me that like let's say there's a an issue in a game that we can't review that's blatantly the wrong call. Give me like give me an example. Well, I gave you the example. Like guy, the Vinny Testaverde play against Seattle? Guy stepping out of bounds. Yeah, that one where he wasn't in the end zone clearly. He went down like two yards short and right. they called it a touch. And that was a, <laughs> right. That was, that was a huge game that kept Seattle out of the out playoffs. Out of the playoffs, right. So something like that. I'm okay that. with that. Oh. I'm, there's no, I'm just not okay with that. We accept mistakes from everybody in professional sports, but apparently the referees are held to the highest standard. 
We accept errors from everybody. Coaching errors, player errors, GM errors, owner errors, commissioner errors. But referee errors, no, sorry. But, but there's that stuff that's decisions that are made. Like, this, it's different. Like, if a coaching error, like we should have called a pass instead of a run, is a lot different than this guy stepped out of bounds or he didn't step out of bounds. And the rules of the game, you step out of bounds, the game, the game stops, that's it. And if, if the game keeps going, that's wrong. So it's got to be made right. So you're saying change the rule, keep replay the way it is. We need to do something about surviving the ground and the minutia uh, of that. Are you okay with keeping that too? I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't think it's. A, I really don't think it's a problem as long as everybody knows what's going on. I don't on know, right man. I, I they they know what's going on, but that doesn't make it right. When I see the Des Bryant play and I see the Jesse James play, I shouldn't think that's not a touchdown. Both of those plays look like touchdowns. But, okay. I mean, but the, what does that matter if they look like touchdowns? Common sense. If something yeah. looks like a touchdown, put it in the rules so it is one. But you, but you can't say, all right, so that a ref comes back, looks like a touchdown to me. No, you can't do that. You have to have a rule. You can't just say something looks like a you touchdown. Don't think, you, don't think it's, um, you, you don't think it's strange that for a running back, as soon as the ball goes over the plane of the goal line, it's a touchdown and it's a different set of rules for receivers. Right. That's not that's well, not odd to you? But it's not necessarily because, all right, so let's say you change that rule and then he now, so it's going to be a different set of rules at some point. If, if you change the rule where he crosses the plane, Jesse James, that yep. situation, the play is over. Now you've changed the rule around the goal line where that's different than every other place on the field. So it's still a different set of rules because if he makes that same play at the 50-yard line, it's not a catch, so then make, but now it's a touchdown. So, that, so then make the running back complete the play then. Okay, then I'd be, I wouldn't have a big problem with that. At least it's consistent, right? I wouldn't have a big problem with that. I wouldn't because then it would be more consistent. But you got to admit, the way it's written now, there is an inconsistency there. There is between a running back and a and a and a receiver, sure. But you're still gonna it's still gonna be inconsistent. I'd rather have if, if they want to do it your way, I could live with that. But at least make it the same. Coming up next, a bogus update, and we'll talk about Tom Brady's trainer, who Bill Belichick has had enough of. Give <laughs> us a call right now, 855-212-4CBS. Andrew's hosting a holiday party coming up. And Ooh. I actually will be in attendance for this one. How about that? There's been many bogus parties, and I haven't gone to them. I feel like a lot of summertime stuff. Don't you have a lot of summertime stuff? Um, yeah, there was one around uh, my daughter's birthday we were in the spring. So yeah. just kind of open house, everybody come by. And then there was another a very late put-together 4th of July party. Yeah. So What the- kind of parties are these? Like drink enough to puke kind of parties? Uh, I guess if you want. That's not necessarily the goal. Okay. Although I've really taken a downturn, not that I was some kind of party animal, but I've really gotten weak. Yeah, when it comes to drinking, yeah. The worst I am, and I don't consider myself a, a big drinker whatsoever. But the worst that I am is at house parties. Is at a house party that's close to me at a friend's house or my own house party because you're there, you're stationary. I the, love you in that spot. The uh. <laughs> the alcohol is already bought and paid for by either you or your friend or stuff that you brought over. So it's not like you're going up to the bar and it's like another $15 for a drink. And I just go overboard. Have you told Andrew about your wife's old gig in Pittsburgh? No, I don't. I I mean, in general, I know what she she did. She worked in liquor distribution. Right. So he had us over the house one time, a bunch of us in the radio station. And the garage is just like basically a candy store. Pick what you want, you know, doing shots, whatever. So we're like four or five hours in. 
we're just, you know, no one's got to be anywhere, just kind of relax and hanging out. And you're just like, hey, let's go get onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Remember that? Yeah, I did. And yeah, we're sitting the- there. You're like the kind of like the, you know, the Don Vito at the table. You're like at the head of the table. You're like, this is like Sopranos. I'm like, not really. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, someone can die. We went to, uh, was it Battles? Was it yeah. The- yeah, we went there. Yeah. We're next to like a 140 pound producer who won't shut up. <laughs> Another guy that's got a growth on his head, and I'm like, how is this like Sopranos at all? This is like the least intimidating group of men in America right now. Eating onion rings. Right. Well, that guy got that growth removed from his head. <laughs> good for him. Looks good, too. You'd expect there'd be a bigger scar. The head scar. looks good or the... Well, I mean, it was from where good. it came from. I mean, it was horn-like. Yeah, it was. And he got it removed, and you'd never know. Eggnog at this party, Bogus? I don't think so. Okay. I don't. I think it's disgusting, but I don't know if the wife... I'm not in charge of things like that. And the kids are going to be a, around? No, no, no. Oh, no, not around. No, oh, I like okay. that move. No. I like right. that move a lot. So, Mike, you're going, right? Yeah, we'll be there. And Pete, you're going to... Who's gonna, we? Oh, my wife. Okay. Dr. Dr. Segley. And Pete? I, I will not be there. It's Bridget's birthday. Oh, okay. That's official now. Yeah. All right. All right. So you're going to have a night, go out for a nice night? Yeah, yeah. Brian Jones? Montauk? No, not Montauk. <laughs> no. Okay. Brian. Brian has not gone. Has to Brian a- been to a bogus party? Well, let Brian. me tell you a story about a Brian party. Um, I texted everybody, I think, to come to my daughter's birthday again. This is spring, okay. May 5th. Um, I believe a reply text came like the following September, like, nah, I've got plans this weekend. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking Luckily, the previous text in the string was, do you want to come to the party? <laughs> so what is that? Five months? Four oh, yeah. months? Right. Like it was nothing, just, no, nah, I, got, I got plans this weekend. Or I've got football this weekend. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because Brian is leaving this thing. Like, he is gone. For he's, greener pastures? Well, no, he's just not going to do radio anymore. Okay. So he's not. He's going to be doing his TV thing. You'll see him on CBS Sports Network. You're going to see him on regular CBS. But he doesn't want to do radio any longer full-time, which is fine. Doesn't want to be up here in the cold weather. Doesn't want to get up. All okay. these things he talks about on the air. So... We're not going to see him. I'm going to be in this building uh-huh. for the same, like, just right there every single day. Yep. So I'll still see everybody every day. He's totally out of the picture now. Right. So, But the thing is, we're trying to, and I've been trying to set up dates, and people are on one day and off a different day, and, like, Pete's not going to be here the last show, and Mike's not going to be here this Friday, and Brian's not here. So we're, like, trying to figure out to do something. That's got to happen. Everybody from this show has got to get together one more right, time. Right, but Brian is a... He just doesn't want to do it. Like, that's my take on it. Well, didn't he tell you he thought about it and then thought yeah. not to do it? Yes, okay. basically, yes. And then he, and then this is what he gives me yesterday. He says, I'll be around after the new year. Like, I'll be up here doing stuff. For, oh, there's no chance. And I'm like, and I, I called him out on it. He goes, oh, well, we'll all get together then. I said, no, we won't. Like, you want to plan something, that's great. But I, I don't believe that. After the new year, you're going to now get together with us. So I, I'm just proceeding without him now, which is sad because I'll still see these guys, and he won't, and he needs to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of it kind of sucks. I'll tell you, he's got a good thing going with New Heisel. You notice that? You pick up on that? I know they didn't like each other in the beginning. I know that. But I, I guess, I mean, I mean they're, I don't know. 
Not really. No. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Are you watching a different show? <laughs> is there a different filter in Pittsburgh? I thought he liked Jeff the whole. The I, I thought he liked the guitar thing with New High. He <laughs> hates it. Oh, does he? He yeah. can't stay. Do you? So that's a big phony baloney he thing he does on TV because he acts like he likes it. I. You know, it's funny. It's one of the first things I did when I was over there with Boomers play the guitar, which is something I would have done here if Brian didn't hate. The new Heisel guitar oh, thing. Oh, I thought he loved that. Once I... He hates it. I mean, I thought we were talking football. And for Brian, who's a guy who likes to do different stuff, like his aversion to that is... It's amazing. I couldn't tell. Yeah, well, he does a good job of college football. He's a good actor. He does, No, he definitely is. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't think there's going to be a final thing with Brian. I just... Wouldn't be the same after the new year anyway. It has to be I know now. I, and I've tried. I've really, really tried. Can you do this? Can you do that? What do you think about this? Mike, on the new show, if you need a college football guest, do you think he'll come on? I already <laughs> asked him to be my first guest. On January second, he said no. You can't <laughs> You can't I love that. Whoever the new guys are, you can't do that. I know, either. I wouldn't do that. That's not really no, I know. fair. No, but you think he'll come on the network other shows? You think he'll go on with Tiki and Tyranny? No. <laughs> no, no, he won't go on with them. No. no. Maybe Ack. Maybe he'll still do that. I could see him still doing that Saturday morning on his way to CBS, whatever that show is called. Inside College Football. Ion College. Ion College. College Yeah, from, what does he do? From South Bend to Tallahassee. From the swamp to South Bend to Stanford. (laughs) Stanford. (laughs) Brian James. It's the only other ass he knew. (laughs) There's no way he wrote those. That's got Spitz written yeah. all over. You know, when, like Spitz does stuff that's, you know, very alliterative. I swear, I've done that show. Like I, I, I've been a stringer for him. I've said things, and it's like it went in one ear oh, and out yeah. the other. Yeah, it does. We always joke about that. Tell right. it with us. Yeah. Go, all right, thank you. Like that's right. what it doesn't matter. Like they, a guy could come on and go. Rich, it's unbelievable. It's the first time I've ever witnessed a suicide ever. It was a fan who jumped from the upper deck, has died. Absolutely, it's a it, yes confirmed. Now he is dead. He's being removed from the field. We have a dead man here, and the the game has been suspended. All right, as we move on to Florida State, all right, doesn't matter. Does not matter what goes on. Hi, this is Rich Ackerman. <laughs> this is the first time, Rich. I've never I've never seen this before. They're burning a cross at midfield. I don't know who the racist is, where this is coming from, but there's a cross-burning happening at the 50. As of right now, the teams are in the locker room. All right, let's bring on Barrett Salee. From- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, what are you saying this morning, Chief? <laughs> yeah, all right. It's amazing. He doesn't right. listen. Because what he does is he'll go, when the stringer's doing a report, he's in the talkback, hitting the talkback. Which is for people who don't know in radio, you could talk to the producer and board op without anybody hearing it on the air. All right, what do we got next there, Chief? Huh? What are we doing? How much time is the break? What are we doing? He's not listening to what's happening on the air. That's how it happens. All right, bogus. Uh, you haven't done the update. I yet, haven't. Right? No. All right, all right, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have made a habit of wasting double-digit second-half leads this season. They did it again last night against the Cavs in Milwaukee, squandering a 103-83 edge. But unlike the past, they still won last night. 119, 116, 27 points, 14 rebounds, and eight assists for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis, <laughs> proud they figured out how to win last night. It's big, uh, big guy. It was uh, it's a big step for our team. Uh, 
uh, and we show maturity. Usually, uh, in situations like that, we usually give away the game. The Bucks had lost the previous five in the head-to-head, just the second loss in 20 games for the Cavaliers. The Wizards beat the Pelicans 116-106, and the Kings kept the Sixers struggling 101-95 in Philly. The Sixers have dropped seven of eight. Steph Curry will soon begin on-court workouts as his sprained right ankle heals. The Warriors hope to have a better idea of when he'll play again next week. Oklahoma freshman Trey Young tying the Division I record with 22 assists plus 26 points in a 105-68 route of Northwestern State. Number three, Arizona State handled Longwood 95-61, improving to 11-0. Number 11, Wichita State outscored Arkansas State 89-80 and Arkansas Pine Bluff losing at 20th-ranked Cincinnati 77-49. Florida Atlantic ran over Akron 53 in the Boca Raton Bowl hours after Lane Kiffin signed a new 10-year contract after the win. He had some fun with his new job security. Don't be on any projectors, on overhead projectors anymore, <laughs> maybe for a little bit. Or fire at tarmacs. Um, I think that really today, you guys took a while on that one. So, yeah. Al Davis and Tennessee references. He loves himself now. He he really does. Uh, And they love him. They've won 10 straight games, 11 total after nine combined victories over the previous three seasons. With the playoffs impossible, the Packers put Aaron Rodgers back on injured reserve yesterday. Head coach Mike McCarthy says Rodgers did not suffer a setback in Sunday's loss in Carolina. Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis had his two-game suspension for an illegal block cut in half yesterday. Free agent righty Hugh Darvish met with the Astros yesterday. And on ice, the Vegas Golden Knights snapping the Lightning seven-game winning streak 4-3. Boys? All right, thanks, Bogus. We haven't gotten to Tom Brady's trainer yet, so we'll take a break. We'll do that next. Very interesting story out of New England. This is Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Does your wife ever just say something that you're like, I'm going to do the polite thing and not really comment on this? Four or five times a day that happens. (laughs) I would say that she said something where I'm not going to comment on it. I mean, it really, you know, it just, it just, and it gets worse as the years go on. You just gotta, gotta let it go. I want to put Cuba on my bucket list. That's what she said to me. I, I've heard worse things than that. I mean, Cuba's. I mean, if she wanted to put like, you think it's a good idea for five women to go to Cuba by themselves? That that that's got like a nightline <laughs> date story. Date, date, or... Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. Is Cuba that that rough and tumble right now? Like, I think that Mexico is pretty bad with the cartels, the drug cartels that are in Mexico right now. Like, you got to be really careful there. Yeah, but people have been vacationing in Mexico for, like, okay, a half century. Yeah, I know, but it's it's risky now. It's more risky now than it's ever been. So you'd, you'd feel better going to Havana than Cancun? Yeah, I would. Wow. I would. I'm telling you, you end up in the wrong place, like on a boat. You're getting held well, what hostage. What are the right places in Cuba? I don't. I don't know enough about it now. I mean, it's it's not that. It's oh I, yeah, it's beautiful there now. Oh. I re- I really don't. I mean, what old cars, bottles be, of Coca Cola? It's great. What would you what, what would you be worried about in Cuba? Is there is the crime rate crazy? Is I mean, is the the, the Castro regime that was that's a different story. If you're vacationing there, you know. I mean, I don't think you're going to be really affected by that. Who has anyone thought it? So you're telling me that 
people that we can value their opinion somewhat are saying, hey, now that it's like now that they're open for business, go vacation in Cuba. Yeah. That's being said. Yeah. Didn't Amy Lawrence go there? Didn't wasn't she just in Cuba? No way. Yeah, she was just in Cuba. She's been a few times, I think. I think she's gone multiple times. Yeah. Second home in Cuba. No. That's yeah, that's a lie. I think she went there to like build a church. I was or just gonna say those th- she was yeah. there on like a mission. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was like, you know, after a natural disaster. Yeah, my wife wants to go drink Mai Tais there for yeah, like six days. I don't think it's that bad. There's there's other places I would say were way worse than that. I saw a diners drive in and dives went to Cuba. Did they? Yeah. Oh, now it's safe. Uh, I'll yeah, take back D. everything I just said. If <laughs> yeah, Triple D's going there. Like, yeah. If, if someone didn't kidnap and torture Guy Fieri, then I think you're going to be okay. Time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by <laughs> O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Daniel in New Hampshire. And Daniel says, what do you think about Tom Brady's trainer being excommunicated by Bill Belichick? Nice word choice there by Daniel. Excommunicated. Sign up to be an O Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O Rewards members earn $5 back for every 150 points you earn. It's fast, easy, and free. And only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. So the story is that this guy, Guerrero. What's his first name? Alex Alex Guerrero. Who is a close friend to Brady's. Brady's trainer. He's Brady's guru. Has an office there in Foxborough. That Bill Belichick said enough. He travels with the teams. He can't travel anymore. He talks to the other players there and like deals with them and the trainers, the Patriots' real trainers are like this is getting weird. So Belichick finally put his foot down and said enough of this. Alex well, because he's like a holistic, right? He's not. Guy. Like a, yeah, he's like some he, might call him a quack, right? And Brady's a little bit out some there. Of, some of the things he says, like he says, you don't have to put on sunscreen if you're hydrated enough, which is a weird thing to me. I don't care yeah. how hydrated you are. If you're out in the sun, you're going to get sunburned. Coffee kills you. Yeah, all these things, which you might be right about that. But so there, so so people are thinking now this is a rift between Belichick and Brady because this is Brady's guru, and Brady should be able to do whatever he wants. And if Belichick is saying this to Brady, that there might be some sort of real issue there between the two, I don't necessarily see it that way. I think they are both understand how important they are to each other. Um, But it does make me think about some of the things that this guy is doing that Belichick might be afraid of. Brady or Guerrero? Guerrero's doing that Belichick would be afraid of as far as the way his other players go or if the media found out what he was doing. It does make me think about that. I don't know if this is a pure, like, I want to protect my trainers and I trust them and this guy's getting in the way of that and they're complaining to me so i got to make it better. I just I worry about why this was so important to him to get rid of someone who's so important to the most important player in the organization. Because I don't think they trust his his level of expertise. So he's on the it's to me to make a uh, analogy across sports. It's like when the college team hires the kids AAU coach to make sure they get the player. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep the best player of all time happy. If Tom Brady wants his doctor to work for the Patriots, you're going to hire him. And so, but you draw the line, what works for you doesn't work for everybody else. You want to have, you know, acupuncture and, you know, whatever, fine. But we're not going to treat the other 52 players on the team that way. And I don't think Brady, is Brady going to allow that wedge? Successful coach. 
quarterback marriage in the history of the sport. Uh, what I want to know, though, is why doesn't he just say, okay, you're not allowed to talk to the other players? Why is he banning him from being on the plane, having his sideline access revoked? Like, you're telling me that this guy would, if Belichick said to him, listen, you can deal with Tom, you're here for Tom, but don't talk to the other players. Like, it's, he's going to spit in the face of that? Like, he can't trust him enough to just say that? I mean, it seems like an extreme reaction. Like, get away from here. To go from a guy who had all that access in an office there to you can't be around at all? Yeah. Like, something happened. No, I think you're right about that. But and but you also think about how smart Belichick is. It has to be something that he deemed so severe or yeah. egregious that he was willing to either alienate or offend Brady on some level. Like, he had to know this is not going to, like, be the the straw that breaks the camel's back between us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I ban this guy from going to games, it's not going to sit well with him. I, I, I want- mean, it's, it, had, it could not be a minor offense for him to say you're not allowed to walk on this flight. Yeah, and, and Tom seems like a real routine guy, and there's probably things he goes through before games that this Guerrero helps him out with and gets him ready. Like, I, I wonder if... This is going to affect his performance in some way. Not I don't having think him so. Around. Don't you think that Guerrero probably still travels with the team? Now, I mean, excuse me, still travels to the games. Yeah, but he's not allowed on the sidelines or anything. Not allowed around Tom Brady. How long was Guerrero on the sidelines for Brady in his career? Um, I guess if this after is a new 2008. Thing, right? Well, in 2008, it was when they sort of met after the knee injury. Okay. So yeah, so he threw 50 touchdowns without this guy on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, it's different now. He's now 40. He needs every little bit of everything he can get. To me, they did everything they could to show him that they're committed to him as the quarterback when they got rid of Garoppolo. Yeah. No, I I know. But I I just – I'm not saying it's a commitment thing. It's just that, you know, keeping him happy and then totally getting rid of this guy. I mean, Tom definitely – if he's accepting of it, fine. But I could see him being upset about it. What if Gronkowski complained? What if they're? Uh, what if one of their best players said, "This guy's the worst." He's, you know. Oh yeah, I'm sure they'd listen to him, you know. And I'm sure it'd be multiple things. But back in in this article here, it said uh, Bob Kraft back in 2015 said that Guerrero's role doesn't come without its challenges. So it sounds to me like this was a building up to the point where I was like, "All right, enough of this guy." Yeah. When he sees him like you know dousing Brandon Cooks and holy water and kale. Then he was probably like, all right, enough. Get out of here, right? So you're in the city for the next couple of days. Yeah. You live in Pittsburgh. You work in Pittsburgh, but you're here with your wife yeah. for the next couple of she days. She already sent me the list of things to do. Oh, what do you got on there? Christmas trees and bagels and that nonsense. <laughs> it's not a bad way to go. Like, I used to hate on the touristy stuff, but it's not a bad way to go. Well, she's never done it before. She's never been here she's during n- Christmas time? She, she hasn't really explored Manhattan, period. Really? Yeah. So very sheltered in that way. She's had she's been here but not explored it. I mean, she's seen like Harlem and Queens. I'm not. Gonna, oh wow. She's seen like City Field and like a bodega. That's okay. like the extent of her. Well, yeah. Then you got to do that yeah. stuff. You got to do that stuff. So go to the tree. You get a good bagel. Got to have some sex on this trip. Got to happen. Well, the ovulation calendar is in the phone. So yeah, it's happening. Is this a good? Is this a time? It is. Oh. Do you want to end on that note? I'm fine with that. You know what? You're gonna. There's gonna be a. You're gonna conceive a child here. I'm telling you, I can feel it. I can feel it. All right, we'll find out tomorrow how that went. <laughs> Thanks to Andrew, Mike, Pete, Bokish, and Jock Alone, Gio, and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.